Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Family, (laughs) to City of Life Church today, I'm excited about the opportunity to connect with you and to share God's word with you in a tough time in our world. And I believe that during the tough times in the world, when things are the most challenging, God's word is the most distinct. Jesus is the light. He is the light. How do we know this? He said it. He said, I am the light of the world. That means that anything that is dark or anything that is hopeless does not have the light of Jesus in it. So if there's anything in this life that has no hope, it has yet to be introduced to the presence of Jesus because he is light. And I believe that our world is hurting right now. Our world is dark, but I believe Jesus wants to shine his light and his hope into the broken situations. Got some really encouraging stuff for you that's uh, in this message today. But before I do that, I can't help but get excited about the possibility of seeing human beings this afternoon at our drive-through family reunion. Yeah, we're about to get corny up in this joke. That's all right, let's go. We're gonna do a drive-through family reunion. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care what's going on. I'll wear a raincoat. I'll do whatever I have to do to pray some prayers over our church family and to see you guys encourage you to, to have some blessing and favor in your life this summer. That is an exciting opportunity. Let's not forget, man, we've been cooped up here in quarantine. What, what is, is it, when, did it, when did quarantine start? Was it 2016? It was 2016. It's been four, it's been four years since we've seen anyone, and I'm excited uh, about the opportunity to get to connect with with some of our church family. Uh, so that's going to be really fun tonight. Look forward to seeing you. All right. So look, uh, our text of our series, and and here's here's something I just want to encourage you with today. We're in a series called Orchard: How to Cultivate spiritual growth. Today, with some of the things that are going on in the world, I just, I wanted to dig into some of the things that are going on in the world, and I'm going to do that. But I'm, what's so great about God's Word is that in our series, we've already done love, joy, and here we are today on the subject of peace. And so I feel like it is massively relevant to where we are in our world and what we need. So I'm going to be talking about some things that we're going through, uh, hopefully very directly, but I'm going to do it in the context of of this beautiful passage of Scripture, Galatians chapter 5, which has been our text. I feel like this series has been going on since 2016, but in a good way. Uh, some things are, are great, you know, just, it's just long. It's, you know, Jesus first, Jesus always. That was the longest series. That was the longest. I wrote that book, and uh, I just, you know, I just started, I just wouldn't even say it anymore. I was like, you know, that one thing. 
But no, this is great. This is God's word. This, we, we, there's a lot of fruit of the spirit. We're only on three. We got nine of them. So <laughs> it's gonna keep getting better though. So the text is uh, Galatians 5.22. I love the message version. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Somebody say, my life is an orchard. Come on, put your hand on your heart. Say, my life is an orchard. I want to produce something godly in my life. Say that. I want to produce something godly in my life. It says things like affection for others. These are other the message version, Eugene Peterson has an incredible way of putting things in this version, the, the traditional love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, temperance. He says it like this, affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, a convi conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Those are the fruit of the spirit that we're supposed to be growing in our orchard. Now look, today the focus is peace. So in that version, he called it serenity. I wanna talk about that in just a few minutes, how sometimes we might mistake that definition a little bit of what the peace of God actually is. So today I'm gonna to talk on peace, let's pray. Father, thank you for your amazing love, your kindness, your mercy, your compassion. Thank you for making a way for us, God, through impossible situations and circumstances. Lord, I just take a moment here uh, to pray for the black community uh, in Central Florida, here in Osceola County, in our state, in our nation, and actually all over the world as God, what has taken place in the last couple of weeks have really opened things up on, on a broader level so that people in general are able to recognize pain and suffering. I pray in Jesus' name for members of the black community, Lord, that they would feel such love from believers and Christians that they would know that who they are in you, Lord Jesus, that there would be a tremendous display of camaraderie and family and one blood in Christ uh, in a Christian sense. Lord, and I also pray that globally, Lord, that everyone would be able to, uh, to, to manage everything in a way that lifts your name up, Lord, and that we would see true justice, Lord, and things begin to line up in a way that is appropriate and right to right wrongs, Lord. And I thank you, God, for this message today. Everybody watching, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, put up some smiley faces in the chat room at somebody. Tell someone hello. Just take a second real quick uh, in the chat rooms. I've never done this before. Uh, it, on Facebook, all these different places. Just tell, put your name in there. Say where you're watching from. Say, I'm excited today to be here. Just greet someone. I, I normally say, look at your neighbor and say, but look at someone in there, say. Or, or just if you want to, say, tell somebody, say, you look good today. Come on, tell somebody. Just believe it. Just believe it. Say, like those jammies or something like that. I don't know. Just say something. Let me look at my hallelujah wall. Look at that. There we go. Hallelujah wall. Let's go. Love you guys. You guys looking beautiful today. Appreciate y'all. Glad to have you. You're all looking amazing up there. You know, what, what, a, what an interesting week we've had. Uh, this past Monday, I went to a, a peaceful protest with my daughter at the Kissimmee Police Department. 
that was against racial injustice and police brutality where the Kissimmee Police Department was marching in unity with those against racial injustice. And as I kind of took in that moment, uh, lots, of, lots of emotions that were going on there. Uh, every, everything from, and also lots of different levels of people being involved. I was there with uh, not only my daughter, but a couple of really good friends of mine. And as you're watching what is unfolding and actually really a part of what is unfolding, you see so many different levels of engagement. And let me just encourage you in something, just because maybe you don't like something or you don't understand something or you don't think something is necessary, please don't always just write something off and say, oh, that's just this. Broad sweeping generalizations really do not help in the big sense. You can't just say, I mean, for instance, and I've, I've brought this up before, some people have been hurt in church. So to just say church is terrible because I got hurt in church. Well, some people uh, will do that with, with uh, a gender. Some people will do that with an ethnicity. Some people will do that with an industry. Oh, I can't stand the, this industry because it's like this, that. So, so that's really not a, a, a great idea right now. When you're looking at people that are, are hurting, that are suffering, that are going through a tough time, what you wanna do is you wanna listen. And you want to make sure that, and, and I mean, there was all kinds of different levels. I saw people standing, you know, African-American families that were standing really far in the back, not really close to anything, but just kind of just wanted to be there. I saw uh, every imaginable ethnicity uh, shouting and, and, you know, holding signs and, and, and some people were angry. Some people were crying. Uh, some people were smiling. Uh, just a broad range of different emotions and feelings from people. Uh, and, and in this moment where people are hurting and people are going through a tough time, here is what I want to encourage you in today, is that the peace that the world is desperately seeking, we can improve things by making differences in policies, by making differences in approaches as a society. But here is what I really wanna encourage you in today. If you are ever looking for true peace, if you are ever looking for the true kind of peace that really doesn't have anything to do with anyone else, that has to do with who you are, with what you are, with, with who you are, whether you're in a jail cell, with who you are, whether you are stranded on an island or you're in the middle of a million people that are celebrating you or persecuting you, you will never find that in anything that man can come up with. The only way you can ever know the true peace that people so desperately want in this life, we crave this peace. Now see, I'm shouting today and I'm talking about peace. Why? Because maybe peace is not exactly what we think peace is. Maybe this peace that we create, that we crave, crave, that's a good word, to create what you crave. <clears throat> maybe this peace that we so desperately crave has some teeth. 
Maybe it's got legs. Maybe it's got muscles. It sure has a heart. And there's only one hope today. In a broad sense, there is only one hope. He's a person. And his name is peace. His name is peace. Isaiah 9, Old Testament. Come on, can I get some amens today? Can somebody just and, and chat it up today? Hallelujah wall, let's push it up. Okay, what do we got? We got an amen sign over there. I like it. We got a backwards amen sign over there. I like that too. Why do things appear backwards? Do people write them backwards? There's a mirror image option. I love that. But you know what I like about it? I like that it, it, it's like, it's amen backwards and forwards. So that means like if, let's say someone is viewing this in a mirror mode, why would they do that? I have no idea. Let's say someone is viewing this in a mirror mode. They feel like it's speaking to them. So I like that. So let's go. Let's just, don't keep holding it up. Do not dare not hold up that amen sign anymore because no, not the whole time, but I'm saying when something is worthy of amen. They put it up there today. <laughs> so Isaiah 9, Old Testament says this. For unto us a child is born. It's kind of a Christmas message. To, it seems like it. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. I love how this scripture ties together the government and peace. This is in Jesus. This is referring to, this is a messianic prophecy referring to Jesus before hundreds of years before he is born. What it says is not only is his name peace. We just sung about that a minute ago, about peace. He is our peace. But what it does is it says of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Peace is his name and peace is his kingdom. His government is at work right now. His government is underneath as a Christian and as a believer, his government is greater than the government we live in. His government is greater than any government on the planet that ever has been or ever will be. It is his kingdom that is at work in us. We can only know this kind of peace and this kind of government when Jesus is central to our lives. It's his name, it's his peace, it's his kingdom. But what is this kind of peace that we need? I told you some of the things about peace that we may not know. And, and remember, we need peace all over the place right now. Let's not forget, we got multiple things that are, are going on to create <clears throat> this atmosphere in our world right now. People have been locked up inside for, for months. 
and, and people, people have been unable to do anything and, and you've got all kinds of things hitting, forming this moment. So that's, it doesn't matter why it happened. All that matters is it did happen. Here we are. What are we going to do with it? Okay, we need this. So what is peace? Is, is, is the prince of peace mean the prince of nothing bad happening? Does it mean the prince of not loudness? The prince of tranquility? Is that what the prince of peace means? No. That's not what peace is. Shalom is the Hebrew idea of peace. It's the, it's, it, it comes from the root word shalom, which means to be safe. Wow. Somebody say safe. To be safe in mind, in body, or in estate. Somebody say safe. There are a lot of people that are upset right now and have no peace because they don't feel safe. Peace is more than just quiet. It's more than just a sunset. Safe. Think about it for a second. If you're ha having trouble empathizing with people, think about how you feel when you don't feel safe. Can you have any peace whatsoever if you don't feel safe? No. Because that's what peace, that's what real peace is. I'm not talking about sitting and having a cup of coffee, looking at a sunrise over a lake. That's not what safety, that's, that's, that's not what true shalom is. That's tranquil. That's serenity. And that is an aspect of peace. But the true concept of shalom is completeness. Listen to me now. It is wholeness. It is fullness. It's when everything is as it should be according to God. Somebody say wholeness. Wholeness. That's what shalom actually is. It's wholeness. Listen, I'm trying to dig into the idea right here of the Hebrew concept of shalom. It's wholeness that is so complete and so full that it actually encourages you to give back. It's an overflow of wholeness. See, sometimes we're just, we're just trying to make it. We're actually not living in shalom. When we're doing everything we can just to make it and we see someone else that's hurting and we can't give them anything because we can't even help ourselves. See, but God wants us to live and here we are in orchard and I love it. I love it that we're talking about peace today because this attribute of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. It's not something that we produce by great ideas. It's not something we produce through perfect actions. It's something that's produced by a supernatural source. A person, the Holy Spirit in us is the only one that has the ability to create this shalom, this peace that comes out of an origin that does not start with us, but it comes through us, flows through us, and it moves on to others. You ever met somebody that walks in peace? Did you know that Jeffrey means peace? Hey. 
I, yeah, I, I remember. I think so. I mean, that's what I read on a little card that was on my grandma's uh, mirror. When I was a kid, it said, Jeffrey, quotation marks, peace. I didn't know if it's sarcastic or not, but it just said, quotation marks, peace. I think, that, I think that's what it means. Jeffrey means peace. Praise the Lord. You ever met somebody that actually walks in peace? Here's how you can know. If they walk in peace, not if, just if they're chill all the time, but does the chill that they bring, the chilled outness, does that sense of peace and wholeness that they have, is it transferable to a room or an atmosphere? Is it a thermostat that actually can change the temperature of a room? Oh, I know people like that who walk in shalom, the peace of God, that when they come in the room or they get on the scene, stuff changes. That's from the Holy Ghost, man. That is, not, that is not something that we can come up with. We're not smart enough to do that. We're not, we're not strong enough to do that. It is only God that can bring that kind of supernatural moment. See, true biblical shalom is not the absence of outward turmoil it is the presence of inward wholeness. True biblical shalom is not the absence of outward turmoil. It is the, pre see, and I think that when people say, I just need some peace and quiet, that kind of phrase right there can throw us off from what the, this kind of attribute fruit of the Holy Spirit is when you think of peace simply as the absence of problems or the absence of anything negative, I'm just gonna tell you something right now. You can have peace today in the middle of the trial. You can have peace. You can have shalom right now in the middle of a fiery storm. You can have shalom when you're going through hell. That's what it's for. It's so that you can on the inside be whole and complete, even though you may be broken on the outside. It, that kind of peace can't come from anything. It's an evidence of the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God and we need it now. Listen, I want you to, I want you to really listen to this. Go back and rewatch it or rewind it. Just, it. It's phenomenal. A rabbi said it this way. It's just gorgeous. It says, one can dictate a peace. But shalom is a mutual agreement. Peace is a temporary pact. Shalom is a permanent agreement. One can make a peace treaty. Shalom is the condition of peace. Peace can be negative. The absence of commotion, shalom is positive the presence of serenity peace can be partial shalom is whole peace can be piecemeal <laughs> but shalom is complete see peace doesn't mean there's nothing wrong i want you to type in the chats right now there's a lot wrong in this world just type it Say, there's a lot wrong in this world. But say, there's a lot right in my heart. 
the Prince of Peace. Come, let's just type a whole book in there. Just put it, just put the Prince of Peace. He's what's right in you today. In a wrong world. I like that old whining song. The only thing right left in a wrong world. Ooh. You're the only thing right left in a wrong world. I don't know why. That has nothing to do with anything, but I love that song. Only thing right left in a world. I'm going to go listen to that today. It's so good. You have to listen to that song, Right Left in a Wrong World. I'm a, I'm a Winans guy. I know there's a lot of commissioned people that, that love commission. Fred Hammond is unbelievable. But I just got onto the Winans earlier than commissioned. Uh, commissioned is amazing. So Winans, commissioned. You don't, don't hate, don't hate. Uh, for me, it's just I know every single Winans uh, song. All right, so there's something right in me. That's what peace is. And listen, here's the thing. Jesus, who is our peace, he's your peace today. He suffered to bring us peace. See, Isaiah 54 says, he took up our infirmities, carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. And five says, he was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, or another version says, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And with his wounds, we are healed. Or as King James says, by his stripes, we are healed. So what he went through is what brought us this peace. This peace did not come cheap. It was a tremendous cost that we can walk in this peace. And we have to recognize it. He is peace today. That's why, what, what a boss move that was. When he, when, in, in Mark chapter four, when he's sleeping, in the storm, that's boss right there, first of all. Oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. He comes up and he's like, what are y'all talking about? They're in a storm. They're out. If you've ever been in a boat when it's stormy out there, it is kind of scary. But, it, 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 but, but you forgot about something. You forgot like the Messiah is on the same boat as you. The thing ain't going to go down. So they come say, hey, it's, it's going nuts. And he goes, huh? You know, kind of yawns. Ugh. Okay, what's the problem? And, and, oh, we're dying. And he says, oh, okay, oh, you have little faith. He criticizes them for their lack of faith. But he looks at the storm. The Bible says he spoke to the wind and the waves. What did he say? Peace. He just spoke his name. Peace. Be still. You know, he could have he just, he did speak to the waves, but he could have just said that to them. Because there was a storm going on in them. So as much as he could have, he, as he spoke to the waves and preached to that storm... He, was, he could have preached that same sermon to the storm in their heart. And that's a little mini message for you today. Peace, be still. Peace, let shalom, let wholeness, let completeness be in your life. Even if everything is in turmoil and, and crazy all around you, let peace be in your spirit today. Let peace be in your heart today. Ephesians 2, 14 through 21. I do know that I read a lot of scripture, guys. I do it so that you guys will go study it. I, I try my very best to take the scriptures and to talk about them in a way that is, is, is relevant so that we can get stuff from it. But there's really no way around. We have to read the word of God. 
We've got to read this stuff. We've we got to read it personally. You can't just listen to me every week and just go on with your life or just, well, I listen to 10 podcasts. I, it doesn't matter how many podcasts you listen to. If you're not reading the Bible and digesting this, how are we ever going to know the way to live if we don't know what God has to say about every situation? So Ephesians 2, 14 says, our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Somebody say, Jesus is my peace. He has broken down every wall of prejudice. The context of this Ephesians 2 are Jews and Gentiles. This was even worse than black or white because this is us and them. This is us. The, this is, it doesn't matter what color you are. If you're not Jewish, it, back in those days, there was hatred between the Gentiles and the Jews, the Jews and the Gentiles. And what, what is, is being said here is that Jesus is the peace that was able to take that enmity, that hatred between those two groups of people and through Christ, he has broken down the dividing wall that separated us. He has eliminated prejudice forevermore. In him, racism has no chance anymore in Christ. It is only through Christ that we can ever live the kind of life that is pleasing to God. We have to make sure that this peace, Jesus, is the one. Isn't, isn't it kind of cool that it talks about peace? He is, he is our peace that has separated and broken down the wall. Remember when I said it's, peace might be different than you think? It might have legs. It might have muscles. Boom. Peace fights for your future. It says in verse 15, ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. This is the Passion Translation. I love that. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity. Jews and non-Jews fused together. Somebody say one race. That's exactly what the Bible just said. It just said, ultimately, now, does that mean that we are to overlook racial injustice in terms of ethnicity and the color of people's skin on this planet? No, 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 that's the, please don't, don't let that, don't let this be your default of going, oh, that's a bunch of garbage because we're one in Christ. We are one in Christ and our greatest hope ultimately is honestly checking our culture at the door of Christ to trade it in for a greater culture. And what that means is it doesn't mean we have to leave ourselves behind and we can't honor and value the traditions. And it doesn't mean that we can't sprinkle that salt and pepper and, and well, let's see, uh, 
how about garlic? <laughs> I like some garlic too. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we can't sprinkle all those things in there to make it greater. But what it means is that who we are in Christ is a brand new race. I'm just reading this. We have to fight for the marginalized. We have to stand up for people that are being overlooked and hurt. But we have to realize that ultimately, in a cosmic sense, we have been made one race in Christ Jesus. The two have become one. And we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ. Through his crucifixion, hatred died. That's what it says. So let me just tell you something. If you hate people, you need Christ. You need Christ because this says hatred died. Through his crucifixion, hatred died. For the Messiah has come to preach this sweet message of peace. <laughs> Sounds like Bill and Ted, right? For the Messiah has come to preach this sweet message of peace to you. <laughs> the ones who are distant, to this who are near. San Dimas High School Football Rules! Sorry, I've seen that way too many times. It's a sweet message, a sweet message of peace. It's a sweet message. I love this, guys. I love this, this, this peace that is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. It comes through Jesus. And it's powerful. It's reconciling. It's the only thing truly that can bring people together long term. I, I crave being back in church with people. One of the things I love about our church, and look, I'm not defending here. I, I, and just please, please understand my heart. I think that, like I said, our defaults sometimes are just boring. What we get into, oh, well, I've got this many black friends. Oh, oh my church is multiracial, it's multicultural. I think those are sort of defaults that you kind of slip back in that keep you from seeing the difficulties and problems that people have. But I will say this, I do crave and miss being around people that are just different, that everybody's different and we can celebrate being one family together. All the time, I probably bore you at our church and have for years, talking about no matter who you are, it, no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from, we're not created just because of, of the color of our skin or the way we look. I always say, if you look next to you, you're gonna see someone that does not look like you. It's the best thing about who we are. I miss that because there's something about that in Christ that is greater than any other thing. I'm gonna share a quick story with you. Um, in 1991, 92, 93, I lived in uh, Dallas and I, I was a recording artist, just young kid, 19, uh, following my dream. And I had tickets to the Cowboys that season. That's the first year that they won the Super Bowl, 1992, since the 70s. And when the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm a huge Cowboys fan, obviously, because the presence of the Lord rests on me in that area. And uh, multiple Super Bowls are coming someday in Jesus' name. But I'll never forget I lived in Garland, Texas, which is pretty far outside of the downtown area. I watched the Super Bowl by myself at, in my little apartment in Garland, lived right off of Jupiter right there. And um, 
I was going absolutely crazy when we won the Super Bowl. I called my dad, I was going nuts. I didn't know what to do. I was so happy and so excited. I just didn't know what to do. There was no internet. There's no, I mean, there's no way to talk to people or anything. I couldn't think of anything. You know, you know what I did? I got in my car and I drove downtown Dallas. It was like, probably like 1130 at night, maybe later. It might've might been almost midnight. But I just got in my car, it was like a 20, 30 minute drive. As I started getting toward the city, there was a traffic jam. There were over a million people that just randomly went downtown Dallas that night. And it was crazy. Everyone was like hugging each other. It was the most wild. I don't care who you were, the color of your skin. I don't care where you're from, what ethnicity you are, short, tall, rich, poor. It is the most, it is the weirdest thing that I've ever seen. And I'm just sitting there. People would come up to me and go, yeah. And we would just stand there. People were crying on my shoulder. Over a football game. Come on. I love football. You have to be pretty nuts to do what I did. I love football too much. Years later, rather than going, you know what? That's the greatest sign of of, com of community that I've ever seen. No, it's, just, it's actually something that can kind of fade away really quickly. As a matter of fact, you lose the next year and all those same people are just angry. See, but what I crave is not something, something that's created by a particular outcome that I long for like a score of a game. <laughs> I crave something that is on the inside of me, that when everything feels like it's losing, I know that I am complete and I am whole on the inside. That's the kind of shalom that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in me. You know, when you say shalom, and, and by the way, if you know me just on a personal level, if I ever talk to you on the phone or if I ever leave you, I always say, all right, man, peace. I always say, I mean, it, it sounds like a very 60s kind of thing to say. And, and I just say it, I, I think in some ways it is kind of a default thing. I don't, I'm not going, I'm in, I intentionally, right now I send shalom to you. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying it's just a thing that I've developed. But there's actually power in that idea. Did you know that when you say shalom in Hebrew, you're saying, may you be full of well-being. <laughs> Will you type that in the chat right now to someone say, may you be full of well-being. Number six, 23. You ever heard this before? Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Do you know when God told him to bless Israel in this way? The Lord make his face shine upon you, lift up his countenance and give you peace. Do you know when he told them that? When they were about to go in to conquer the promised land, right as they were about to go to war. They were about to be destroying cities right before he told them that he was gonna give them peace. So remember, peace doesn't mean the turmoil disappears. 
It just means that the storm on the inside is quieted. It's our inner peace and completeness. True biblical shalom is not the absence of outward turmoil, it's the presence of inward wholeness. We need it today and it can only be found in Jesus. Jesus loves you so much. I think I say that a lot, pretty sure I do. But I really want you to know it today, no matter who you are. Jesus loves you if you're full of shameful things that you've done, that you wish you could snap your fingers and they can go away, but you can't. That's something that's really important for us to know right now, is that the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe you have a past that you're not proud of. That means that he loved you in the middle of that failure. And he loves you just like you are. He does love you just like you are. But something happens to us when we recognize the kind of love that he has for us. It creates some kind of change in our heart. That's why Jesus called it being born again. He loves you fully right now. I wish that you would give your heart to him today. I pray that you would. I pray that you would commit your life to Jesus today because he loves you so much, loved you on your worst day. Can you imagine? You know, I'll never forget the, the morning after our honeymoon. You know what I did? It's wild. I, I got up real early, went in the bathroom, and I tried to fix up my hair. my teeth and I went down and got in bed like the movie like the movies and then I wait for her to wake up I said hey there how you doing I, I wanted everything to be perfect but it wasn't but you know what's funny is I don't do that anymore probably should but I don't but I got somebody in Amy that loves me on my worst day she loves me on my bad hair days she loves me on, you need to go brush your teeth right nowadays. <laughs> Jesus loved you when, he loved you when you couldn't fix anything. He loves you right now. So today, would you give him your heart? Would you open your life up to the kind of peace that I'm talking about right now? Shalom, that kind of inner wholeness and completeness not the absence of noise, but the presence of something that makes you who you are. It's the only way you can ever know that kind of peace. Okay, so right now, if that's you, I'm gonna ask you just to lift your hand. You can physically lift your hand, and I think that'd be a good thing to do. You can lift your hand in the comment section. I believe at cityoflife.live, there's an actual button there that says, raise hand, raise my hand. Please do that right now or type, I need Jesus in the chats. There's some people there that are gonna be praying for you and encouraging you. If that's you and you need Jesus, I'm gonna invite you right now to pray this prayer. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's pray that prayer right now together. Father, repeat this with me. I ask you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. 
I believe you are the Prince of Peace. I believe you have come to give me life, an abundant life that I never could imagine before knowing you. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. You took my sins to the cross. You took them to the grave. You rose from the grave, but my sins stay buried forever. I now have your righteousness, and I choose to live in your shalom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you so much. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.